0: hello and welcome to another episode of the play on podcast with myself Cal Sirius alongside my gracious host man like Ash we said today sir yeah man happy new year happy new year and a happy new year to all of our listeners uh, hopefully this is going to be a year of prosperity, peace, happiness and progress to all yeah man um, did you have a nice uh, New Year celebration Ash yeah, just kept it
1: chilled, tuned, a couple juices. Yeah, man, just just relaxed vibes. Like 2022 is a, um, yes. Yeah, there's a lot happening this year. So, yeah, just trying to ease myself into the year.
0: Yeah, OK. Yeah, no, how was yours? Um, yeah, like uh, really chilled. Didn't really do anything, to be honest with you. Watched uh, some fireworks. I'm quite lucky to have a balcony with a view and I can see all of the fireworks going up. So it was just quite nice to just chill out here and just watch the fireworks. I've had my uh, my New Year's celebrations in the past, so I, I'm feeling old now. I think I'm too old for all of that hype. I'm not going to lie. I was
1: thinking is that like, I used to go out like, every New Year's. Like me and my boys used to like get suits, like proper, like two-piece, three-piece suits, like spend like lots of money on tickets, drinks. We had like dope times, but yeah, like now... I don't know maybe i'll do it again i don't know like but i know for now that just relaxed new year's eves have been pretty cool over the last few years i haven't been i haven't been mad at them so yeah things just
0: change right i don't know why when you're younger puffing champagne going to like a big club where you gotta spend like 50 quid to get in (laughs) and it's all packed full of people that just seems like such a good idea But no, it was a vibe, you know. Like,
1: genuinely, I'm now thinking, like, I've just had a flashback to so many good memories. And people listening to this will know of New Year's Eve's where, Mm. like, you've been drunk, (laughs) like, you struggled. There was one particular New Year's Eve where everyone came back to mine after, and, like, my mum cooked us, like, dinner breakfast and dinner and we literally just chilled out for the whole day but that's when you didn't have a care in the world you didn't have like responsibilities to be like a parent (laughs) like I don't think any of us were like even in like relationships at the time it was literally just vibes and that's kind of the energy that you kind of miss like some of those moments are just great but like I said they're moments for then. now you have now you create different memories so it's great to have those memories but it's also great to create like different types of memories
0: as well most definitely, and a lot of memories have been created this season. Um, as we reach the kind of halfway point of the season, we can look back and think there's been some fantastic moments, hasn't there? Some absolutely incredible goals. Um, I'm thinking of that goal that Salah scored, where he, he twisted up like a million players and then. Oh, and he it. rolled
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because remember, he done he done two he done two back to back in it, and I think the the one that he did where he rolled the ball was 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 crazy that one was my favorite one what's funny though is even in um even in 2022 already um lanzini scored an absolute screamer yesterday we'll get on to that later on it's kind of crazy how like you'll be like oh what were the great goals of last year but we've already seen a couple great goals this year um just, like, things just keep moving, right? Nothing stops. Nothing you know, stops.
0: it's, it's going to take a while to top that Lazidi goal. But I think Like so, you say, let's, 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 so. let's, let's get into that later. Uh, so, as we move into 2022, um, we can look back at the last few fixtures of 2021, um, which had some interesting results. Mm-hmm. Crystal Palace slapped Norwich 3-0. Southampton drew 1-0 with Spurs. Watford went uh, 1-4 in a defeat to West Ham United. Leicester beat Liverpool 1-0. Chelsea drew 1-0 with Brighton. Brentford got beaten 1-0 by Manchester City, miraculously. You would have thought that score would be a lot higher. And Manchester United beat Burnley 3-1. Now, me personally, I I did watch some of that uh, Watford and West Ham game, and I thought it was quite a lively match. Being a London derby, you kind of want some sort of blood and thunder, don't you? Yeah. Um, But I, I don't think it was that Really, it wasn't that competitive. West Ham just seem to be playing really well. They they've had their little dip, but they seem to have gotten back into form. And you know they they put them to the sword. Jared Bowen is is starting to really look like he's getting into some consistent form right now. Yeah, assists cooking, man. That's the word. Absolutely cooking. So yeah, shout out to Bowen. Hey, West Ham are just like a, such a good watch.
1: Because obviously they've had like two games um, across the last few days, 10 goals, um, they've scored seven. Um, obviously they've conceded three. Just, yeah. I think what was really interesting about that game as well is um, Watford went one up. And considering how Watford hadn't played for a while, like you wanted to get a, an early goal just to be like, yeah, let's get into the game. But the one thing about, uh, that I like about um, West Ham is they've just got so many ways of getting you now. Um, Suchek obviously got a goal and he's been pretty quiet this year. He hasn't scored as many as he did last year, mm-hmm. playing a, a slightly more defensive role alongside De- Declan Rice, but it's allowed the likes of Bowen, Ben Rama. I know Four has been out of the team. We'll get onto Lanzini later. Antonio went through a little bit of a drought, but now he seems to be back amongst the goals. I think the amount of options that they've got, like to press forward and to move things to move things on is really, really um, yeah, it's really, really top. So yeah, man. Good, yeah. like, good, like really good result, really good result for, and,
0: uh, for West Ham. Who knows? With the transfer window open, maybe there'll be some reinforcements. Maybe there'll be another move for Jesse Lingard. Mm. This he's just really been wasting away at Man United, so we never know. Yeah, um, mm. I think it was one of those fixtures that you wanted to talk about in the midweek, Ash.
1: Yeah, man, Leicester, Leicester against Liverpool. Um, <clears throat> obviously, going into that game, Leicester had. Recently, been beaten uh, for 6 3 by Manchester City. Again, just so many goals, just crazy scorelines going, going around at the moment. Um, and Liverpool, having not had a game um, a couple of days before due to COVID, and having a pretty strong lineup that, that they were able to kind of put out, I think it was pretty much as close to their full strength lineup as possible, with the exception of Andy Robertson um, being suspended. Um. Yeah, like Liverpool just didn't do it. I mean, they got this. They got the penalty from Salah, um, someone who's very, very good at taking penalties. But then again, Casper Spicle has a little bit of a reputation of being able to save penalties. guess the right way, then the rebound came, headed it against the crossbar. And yeah, it just wasn't Salah's day. Like I know a lot of people on Fantasy Manager had Salah captain <laughs> with that big with that big O next to his name with the captain's <laughs> armband. But <laughs> listen, Salah has turned up for everyone this season at some point. So he's allowed to he's allowed to he's allowed to give us a couple of a couple of blanks. Um but yeah, and then it's just there were so many chances that like Jota, Mane had a few. They just had so many chances. And what was weird is the longer the game went on, you kind of felt, mm, could Leicester maybe nick this? And remember, they were playing... Leicester had no um, no fit... None of their fit first trace for centre-backs. Fafan is injured. Evans is injured. And they got Vestergaard. And obviously, Seanchu, um hasn't been... None of those guys have been available. They were playing Daniel Amati and Wolf, um, Wilfred Ndidi as their two centre-backs. And... Um, and even then, they had to they they, they were forced into an early substitution because Samare came off and then Tielemans came on. But they got the win. <laughs> they got the win with a great goal from
0: um, um, Adam Oluopman. What I liked about that goal, yeah. it, it was kind of like a, an Ian Wright-esque falling over technique. I always think of Wright when someone scores that goal where they're kind of like falling over. He used to do that a lot,
1: didn't he? You know what goal that reminds It reminded me of like an ISS pro back-in-the-day goal. Where like you like you play the ball down the left, couple of like one twos, and then you just drive into that space and then you wait, wait, and then you shoot near post. Like I scored many a goal on 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 pro um scoring like that. But no, it was a good goal. And and then obviously Liverpool came, lots of chances. But it just didn't seem to work for them. And I don't know whether they they missed the fluency of the previous game, and that's part of the reason why they didn't do it. But they should really have run over Leicester, who were Literally at bare bones, struggling to actually um, put, put a team out. But yeah, good win. Really, really good win for Leicester.
0: Struggling is a good word to describe Leicester ninth mm. in the table, mm. twenty five points, which is kind of like a, a few bad results. Mm. They could end up thirteenth or fourteenth. A few yeah. good results though,
1: and they're yeah, back in, they, the top they could be in the top talks. six. Yeah, yeah. I think with them as well that they've been beaten at home quite a lot this season, and normally Leicester are pretty good at home, so. You, would, like, you expected Liverpool to just kind of be fresh, come on, um, get those three points and try and apply some pressure to Manchester City. But they weren't able to do that. And obviously, with Manchester City winning in the in the week against Brentford, that 1-0 win with Foden, it's just kind of just created a bigger gap. Like both of their rivals drop points. Man City have been imperious. So, yeah, it's really ratcheted up the pressure for the game between Chelsea and Liverpool a bit later on. But... We'll get back to that in a second as well.
0: Talking about bigger gap, Manchester City seem to be widening that gap. Mm. Like, wow, I mean, we know they're good, mm. but Arsenal played them. Mm. Arsenal actually made Manchester City look ordinary. Uh, talk that, on it. No, talk that on first it. First half. Talk on it. The football from Arsenal, like, the defending was solid. Mm. Everybody knew their job, their positional sense. They, they weren't getting caught out. They were reading the play, just collecting the ball. Give me that, give me that, or just kicking it away. Um, the passing was, was, was crisp. There weren't too many misplaced passes. And the movement was awesome. Like, we overloaded Manchester City quite well. We got players mm. forward, created so many chances. Mm. Like, we even had... The penalty shout in the first half, we could have mm. had, a, not even could have had, should have had a penalty if the referee would gone to look at VAR and would have seen it again from, from that. Now, because obviously we have the benefit of being able to watch the replay. Mm. When it first happened, I was like, penalty, but obviously because it's my team, so I'm going to shout. <laughs> um, but then when you see the replays from that, the, the opposite angle, so not yeah. the angle... Behind the player. But the angle where you can see the ball. And yeah. you see the player coming. Adjacent. adjacent back, and he didn't get the ball, man. It was pure contact on Odegaard, man. So and
1: this is going to sound crazy, yeah? But. And I think it really got shown with the Man City penalty that happened. I slightly blame Odegaard for not getting the penalty. But hear, hear me out. Because. You know there's only one place where Edison's foot can go, right? So what people do is they generate contact. So if Odegaard basically gets his foot there first, Edison has to go through his foot to get the ball. Like He knows where Edison's going. Does that make sense? So what Odegaard did is he kind of put his foot in, but he didn't really put his foot in. So what I was saying is if Odegaard really wanted to get a penalty, I think he gets a penalty there. Me personally... I've watched I've seen it from a couple of angles and it looks like it looks like Edison gets as much of the ball as he does the player. And for me, that means it's not a penalty. Listen, I'm an Arsenal fan, but I genuinely feel like it was one of those things where he got half player, half ball. But that's what happens in football. Football is a contact sport, right? I, I genuinely think, I genuinely think if Odegaard really committed to getting the ball and like just put his foot there. It would make sense. Like we've seen it happen with a lot of players, where they kind of like leave their foot there just so that they get hit. Like you can technically do that if you're going for a ball. That's not a dive. You're just you're just making sure that you're creating the contact to happen. Like Madison done it against um, Newcastle the other day. Even Bernardo Silva, the way he kind of fell down, left his foot quite lazily, and that. Like to me, Jack is a bit of an idiot because if he just done that bit. I don't know if that happens but because he's pulling his shirt as well it's kind of double jeopardy he was going to get called for one of the calls um, but for this one I genuinely think that if Odegaard really wanted to create a penalty he could have got a penalty.
0: Maybe he could have um, mm. I, I just want to say a huge shout out to Arsenal because I think they played so well yeah, mm. I was so proud to be an Arsenal fan We um, could have got a draw and it was a last minute goal that stopped us from getting the victory and having a man sent off and everything. It all kind of makes you think if we didn't have a man sent off, maybe we could have won the game.
1: So uh, on this, on this, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very fair. I think I've been like hypercritical of Arsenal over the last year and I've been very direct in what I've said about kind of where I think the manager is, where I think we are as a club. Um, I came into the season with the, like, I was so down about Arsenal's prospects this season. And I can safely admit that I've been wrong on a number of things. I've been wrong on Ramsdale. I think Ben White has grown into the season. I still don't know if he's the ideal centre-back for us, but I think he's definitely kind of improved. I think Tommy Tomiyasu's a great signing. Like, genuinely, I think it's a great signing. I think the structure and how we've played and um, there's a lot of things that have kind of changed. that have kind of, like, shifted my shifted my mindset. The one thing that seems to still be letting us down is the stupidity of our players. <laughs> now, it's happened a few times. It happened in it happened in the Liverpool game where we were kind of struggling in that game and then we've given them a goal. It happened again in the Man United game where again we were kind of like one up. We were just managing the game. We didn't really kind of kill them off. That was really frustrating. It happened again in the Everton game where just again just really silly things have, haven't happened. But what we've done is we've also we've got ourselves into a position where like we're doing okay now for me, Jaka and his reaction, Jacker and his reaction is kind of what kind of threw a couple of things that happened as well. So Gabriel's head kind of went, Martinelli missed an, an absolute guilt edge chance. There were just a few things that kind of happened that just threw us off. Now to me, I don't want to blame one player, but. The whole jacket incident kind of just the whole jacket incident started a kind of domino of effect. And we just didn't clear our heads for 10 minutes. And what happened is the game kind of went away from us in that 10 minutes. In that 10 minutes, we obviously conceded the goal. Martinelli missed a chance. Gabriel got himself sent off. Like It was just a crazy 10 minutes that really that it's a shame because for the other 80 minutes, we were excellent. We genuinely were excellent. We were excellent with 10 men, how we like, structurally set up. The subs that he made were very, very good in terms of taking off like Lacazette, putting Martinelli on, bringing um, Smith Rowe on to be like a ball carrier and stuff like that. Like everything he did there was was like that was great. And I want to really, really give credit. I want to give I want to give credit to um, I want to give credit to Arteta for the way he utilised the players, the structures, his, 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 his sign-ins, everything. Everything is good. Like, I really do. I really do rate him for that. But he's been let down by by his players on the pitch now. I think I've been very, very kind of critical of Arteta for a long time. But yesterday, I kind of saw what he's trying to do. And we actually gave Man City a game, which had to be the next part like we start we started to kind of become a bit flat track bullies we are beating the small teams the teams around us were getting positive results against the next stage of the evolution was to start competing against the better teams in the league and we stopped Man City from playing very very well and we actually started to kind of like impose some of our our ideas onto Manchester City so I want to give him fair praise but he was let down by the stupidity of Xhaka initially and then just Gabriel losing his head.
0: Yes, so Arteta asks us to trust the process. We were all sceptical, but now we can see the process. And it is looking absolutely glorious. Well done, Arteta. I don't
1: know about glorious, but it's looking better. It's <laughs> looking glorious. It's okay. looking
0: like this team can... can. It's looking like Arteta can lead this team to glory. I mean, he already has led this team, his team to glory. He's won the FA Cup, so...
1: Yeah, but you know what I think? I think like I'm, I'm naturally cynical. So, and I think that's what works really well between me and you, Carl. because Carl, you're just like, yo, I love it. And I'm just like, whoa, buddy, whoa, buddy. But actually now I'm more in a sense of, I can see a lot of what could potentially happen. And by keeping this group together, if we were to kind of like somehow secure Ch- Champions League this season, or even just make sure that we're in like the top six, but solidly in the top six, you can you then attract the right type of player. The, we need a striker. We need a bit more in the central midfield. But it's looking like, A plan is forming And that's maybe What I was worried about I didn't see a plan But I'm starting to see A plan form now
0: Wait do you remember That strike from Martinelli Where he's cutting off The right And he's around it around Yeah yeah It looks good But even with him So
1: like We were speaking a bit We were speaking tactically And actually If you've got Martinelli Lacazette Odegaard And Saka as a four You've got what you need So you've got You've kind of got Odegaard And Saka Both left footers But coming into the field Then you've got two right footers of Martinelli and Lacazette. Now, Lacazette's central, but you've got like Martinelli kind of coming in. But Martinelli likes to go down the line, so he's pushing quite high up. Lacazette drops in. So what you've then got, you've got a bit more kind of fluidity. Like, Smith Rowe comes on in any one of the four positions. He can kind of do a job. You've got options there. Um, Tierney, Tomiyasu, they've got a decent balance as well. Uh, Can I also say, I thought Thomas Partey... That's the best I've seen Thomas Partey play in about a year. He's brilliant, hasn't he? He was excellent. He was absolutely excellent. And Jacquard was great for 52 minutes.
0: Mm. Um, (laughs) I want to shout out uh, Mikel for his in game management as well. I thought the substitutions he made were awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's just nice to see players like Holding and Smith Rowe coming off the bench and. And being able to play well, play against the best, and, and and do a solid job. It's like we've got a team, and we've got substitutions, you know. Yeah. It's it, it's and they're all young. They're all gonna gonna keep growing in confidence and improving. This is why I'm now saying we can see the process, we can see the vision, and it is looking glorious. Looking like you said, if we add one or two more players, January's here now, and you've got summer. Ooh, it could. Be, hey, man, we we could be in Europe next season, and we could be looking very good. Um, someone who wasn't looking very good because I saw the picture. <laughs> uh, I don't really want to laugh, but I saw the picture on social media, and uh, Cancelo unfortunately mm. uh, got into a bit of an altercation. Yeah, fifty
1: cast with four robbers.
0: I mean. Wow, what are your thoughts on that one, Ash? That is absolutely. I, we, I mean, it's, it's not too long ago we heard about Gabriel getting a, yeah. like an attempted robbery. Um, and now we, we've seen it with Cancelo. Is yeah. this kind of becoming more commonplace now football? Yeah, because remember
1: target? we've had we had Kolasinac and Erzil, we've had like lots of Liverpool players when he used to go away for Europe. People would just kind of run through their house and run and do stuff. Manchester City players have done it. Like there's a lot of people who see footballers as targets. Like they see it as an unlike archaic cool, they're making lots of money. Sometimes they may be like in isolation, they work out where they live very, very quickly, and then before you know it, it's like, oh yeah. Cause think about it this shit, like you know, but like, if you're watching a match you know that Man City are in London playing playing Arsenal, right? So you're like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Maybe they're going to be out now. Let me go and see who's at, who's at their home. Now, obviously, they're going to have money to have like, top-level security, but it doesn't mean that people won't try to, like, don't chance their arm. And people will always try to make a move, like a quick move, thinking, yeah, if I get these things from a footballer, then I'm, I'm set. So I just think it's disgusting. I don't think, like, anyone should have to kind of physically defend themselves from robbers. I'm glad I'm glad cancelo's all right. I'm glad there wasn't any kind of further damage to him, and I just hope that it never happens to him or, or any other footballer again.
0: Yeah, uh, best wishes to him mm. and his family it's, it's, mm. it's gonna be a horrible time for them. Um, mm. I'm sure they'll be upgrading their security, maybe even getting a security team, not even yeah. just like dogs and security cameras, but actually getting security guards. yeah, um, you know if you're a, a high profile celebrity famous footballer, maybe you should have that place anyway. Um R9. You know, we've kind of just flown through loads of stuff. Um, so let's not go there. Let's actually go to Watford and Spurs. Right. Mm. So Watford deal, Spurs won. And uh it was a, a a game that I didn't watch myself. I don't really can't bring myself to watch Spurs games a lot of the time. <laughs> what hey. did you make of this one?
1: Just a late goal. Like I think I kept I kept up with the scores because I had I have Dyer and Son in my fantasy team. Um and I expected there to be a lot more goals in this game. Um Conte's got them Conte's really I think Conte's unbeaten um in the league with Spurs and they've played Liverpool. Um they've played some they've played some decent teams. They play us next. Um so so yeah, like they, they've they obviously changed. Like defenses like solidity has been a big thing for them. They're playing the three at the back. Um, and Davison Sanchez got a late header um, to win the game in the 96th minute. So it's a big three points, considering what happened for Arsenal earlier on in the day as well. So we were 1-0 up, looking comfortable. It could have been maybe like a great victory, an unexpected victory, or even like a, a really plucky point. We lost late in the game. They've nicked a point. They've nicked three points in at the end of the game. So it looks very good for, for, for Tottenham. In their battle for for kind of fourth space, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a good win. Um, yeah, we Go just need to Spurs. kind of like get yeah, we need to just kind of load up for the North London derby, so which is going to be taking place very soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Good win for Spurs, uh, maybe unlucky for Watford, and mm. um, here's an an interesting story uh, that you found here, Ash, in Eurosport mm. about Nigeria accusing Watford of barring bearing fangs. Yeah. Manuel Dennis <laughs> being out of the Africa Cup of Nations squad. So they go on to say there's some kind of an admin error that's Convenient. led to the striker having to completely withdraw from the squad. Now, this is an international tournament. Mm. Right? What kind of admin error would stop Cristiano Ronaldo playing for Portugal? 100%. What kind of admin error would stop um, Phil Foden playing for England or mm. you know, like Harry Kane playing for England, what is going on here?
1: It's mad disrespectful and I think we're going to get on to another point about this later on in the, in the podcast but I just think it's bang out of order and for me what what compounded what compounded it yesterday was Dennis only played for 45 minutes he came off at half time in the game against Tottenham, um, I don't know if that's an injury, I don't know what, like, what that is but I just think you've kept him and now He's not even played the full forty-five minutes. Yeah, you've. I mean, we've got FA Cup games coming up. There's a couple of league games. I understand how important it is for Watford to stay in the Premier League, but it's also important for a young man to represent his country. And he's in great form. Like this may be the this may be the tournament where he he could lead Nigeria to victory. But you have kind of denied him that. Now, for me, it depends. Like, if the player said, "I don't want to go," then that's different. But an admin error seems like someone in the Someone in the in the um, club has maybe been like a level of negligence and hasn't done what they should be doing. So as a result, I'd be very very kind of skeptical about said admin error. And it's just I just think it's wrong. I feel like when it comes to the Euros, when it comes to like the Copa America, like the best players go. There's 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 never ever any kind of like hesitation. And I know that some of these competitions take place outside of the 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 main footballing calendar but it doesn't matter when it takes place like an international tournament is an international tournament and it shouldn't be disrespected and the best players should go like some of the some of the greatest players in the world are african and as a result they should be in africa to to showcase just how good the african football continent is at the moment and actually show them that yo we're this good and as a result we want to give the best possible like competition and the best possible spectacle and if it means that they, they miss some of the Premier League games, that's fine. They're still going to play thirty four or thirty five games for their for their club. I think it's really important that we have the best players in in this competition doing doing what they do best, which is score goals and, and set up amazing
0: amazing chances. Sure. And uh, the Nigeria squad looks pretty strong. They've got Ndidi mm. in there from Leicester. Mm. Um, be from Everton mm. and Aihe Nacho from Leicester. So it's it's quite a shame that Dennis can't go ahead and join his countrymen in what is surely going to be a fantastic football festival. Yeah. Of course. Um, fortunate for Emmanuel Dennis there. Um but um Watford in this article saying that, you know, uh quote is saying they respect everybody, says Ranieri and uh, you know, maybe blaming it on them having a lot of players and changing the manager and, and, and things like this. Which seems like a poor excuse. But anyway We move. Crystal Palace 2, West Ham United 3. Absolutely fantastic game of football. I watched that one and wow. (laughs) It was just a great game. Another London derby. Yeah, it was a good game. Loads of tackles flying in. Really competitive. Um, Declan Rice kind of stamping his authority on that match in the middle of the pitch. Um, Patrick Vieira fuming after the game mm. <laughs> just it was just a real passionate encounter wasn't it and um, there was lots of quality moments in football which is kind of highlighted by that fantastic goal by Lanzini we were just talking about it at the Sick. start of the podcast but I don't think we can talk it up enough the tech from the man the yeah, to to beat players ball juggle and then place the ball with so mm. much power Lost the goalkeeper, like on his weaker oh, foot. On the weaker like, foot.
1: Cause you know what's mad? When the ball got played into him, his first touch looked like it was loose and he because I thought he could have taken it first time. But then like his first touch was bad, but his second and third touches are so good that he just and then to react with the fourth touch just whip it across himself, like kiss the crossbar. And you know what? You know what? You know what I like? There's some there's some goals where Everyone's like, they they point a finger like, oh, what have you done? Every single Crystal Palace defender just said, <laughs> literally just said, just Pff. because sometimes you just have to realise that things are so good. You just have to hold your hands up. Like it was just stunning, absolutely stunning. Um, so, and then it went from the sublime to the ridiculous because what Mil- what Miljevic was doing on the edge of his box, like having his hand out and having the ball hit his arm was just ridiculous. So obviously, 3-0 up, coasting. And then yeah, Palace. Palace looked lively throughout the game. Like, like they could score. They could. They could get something back. So again, really, really good goal um, from Edouard. Great, great delivery from um, Elise, and M- M- Mateta had that chance right at the end, where that the overhead kick, which could actually have competed for the best goal of the game if it had gone in. So, no, nah, big win for West Ham. Um, they're still in the mix for like for fourth place after having a bit of a down period. So. Yeah, man, it's just it's just getting lively. <laughs> it's just getting it's just getting lively in this in this league at the moment, and really lots of is. lots of goals over Christmas,
0: which is good. Come on, loads of Christmas presents for us there. Um, so few more fixtures this week. Got Southampton versus Newcastle, which was called off. Um, Leicester Norwich was called off as well, and we've got Brentford v Aston Villa, Everton v Brighton, Leeds versus Burnley. Chelsea versus Liverpool, Man United versus Wolves. So at the time of recording, none of those games were played. Mm. Um, looking at Everton v Brighton, they've got a new signing over there at Everton. Um, yeah. I have absolutely no idea who this fella is. Um, this is one <laughs> I don't even of know how to pronounce it. Well. So I'm hoping that you can tell us a little bit about who this fella actually is.
1: Miklenenko? Yeah, um, he's he's a, he's Ukrainian. Um I've seen him play once, which is when I think France beat Ukraine eight <laughs> 0 So, like the only way is up. Um, but no, it's, it's it's an interesting signing more because of what it means for some of the players at the club. So, as you know, Luca Dean hasn't played for Everton for a number of weeks since falling out with um, since falling out with um, Rafa Benitez. Um, so he's even been touted with potentially going to another Premier League club um so I think this signing is essentially to rebalance the books that way so if he comes in now there could be an idea of offshooting Luca Dean um who's been a great Premier League servant so far like for Everton a lot of people will put him in his fantasy team like good with free kicks great delivery assists I know that Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison have benefited from the quality that he's given them so this guy's got he's gonna come in and he's gonna actually have to do quite a good job to to replicate the standard of what we've seen with Luca Dean at the moment but um but yeah, I think um, it's always crazy that as soon as the the window opens, there's always an early signing, which means that people have been doing a lot of work in the background. Um, obviously I don't think he can play today, but we'll definitely be seeing him soon, and I expect him to to become a starter very very quickly in this Everton team, who have been struggling with some in, with some um some um, injuries as well.
0: Mm. So this uh, arc on Eurosport says he he's a Ukrainian international. He's part of Andrei Shevchenko's team at Euro 2020 and he can operate as a wing-back or a centre-back. So uh, hopefully he'll be having a good first season slitting straight into the team and performing mm. well in that Everton defence. Um, the main event of this weekend, Chelsea versus Liverpool. What are you expecting from this fireworks, Ash? It's a big game, you know.
1: Like so much has happened with this, so obviously table there's football, the mate, yeah table,
0: football red versus blue. <laughs>
1: um, it's crazy. We've obviously had the news that Lukaku won't be featuring in this game. Um, he's been dropped by some comments that kind of came out. Um, so he made the comments a few weeks ago off the record to his brother, and his brother has since spoken to Italian journalists speaking about his love for Inter. Wanting to go back there one day, not being really happy with his role, the fact that he hasn't been playing as much. Um, Chelsea have been doing this thing where they've been playing with like a false nine, and sometimes he's been on the bench. Um, Their run of games in the last 10 hasn't been that great. Chelsea have only won four out of their last 10, Um, and they've had like disappointing draws against teams like Burnley, Brighton, um, even Wolves as well. Um, They just haven't really been kind of seeing things over the line. I still think that the majority of the the goals that have been scored by Chelsea this season have come from their centre-backs. Lukaku's a £97.5 million striker who you've bought in the summer. summer. He should be the guy who fires you to kind of like glory or to wins. He's been back. He got injured, came back, hasn't been playing. So there's a lot of frustration and it was quite a public declaration to say this is what I think is happening. And the timing's crazy because actually the story came out, the, the quotes were made three weeks ago Obviously, he scored away a to Villa and helped to turn that result around, scored the opener against Brighton in the midweek games. So I thought because he's scored a couple goals, he started to kind of talk bossy you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm the main man. Look what happens when I'm on the pitch. But actually, these comments predate those goals, which makes it even more interesting. And I'm always thinking, like, why, like, why are things released when they're released? So obviously, it's a big story. Transfer windows opening up. Kind of ruffles feathers. He's now dropped for the game tonight. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how it kind of plays out. I think this is the last game that some of the, the players, um, the African players for Liverpool are going to be available for. So the likes of Mane, Salah, um, Keita are all going to be going on international duty really soon. It's must-win for both. Like, Man City are just like, they've got an 11-point lead now it's must-win for both of them. So, I know in this, it'll probably end up being a draw. <laughs> it'll probably end up being a draw. That's my that's
0: my prediction now. And for the draw, huge top-of-the-table clash there. Mm. Um, with Liverpool, I don't know, they were kind of keeping pace with Man City all season and literally just two results, two blemishes on their record. A draw with Spurs and in that loss, that defeat to Leicester, which is obviously a, a freak occurrence, um, has just kind of completely thrown them out of whack with Manchester City. They're like, hmm. <laughs> 11 points behind them, 12 points behind them. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, obviously, they've got a couple of games in hand, but they'll be looking at this thinking, we need to beat Chelsea to, to catch up with Manchester City. And um, Chelsea, well, you know, we know they've got one or two injuries. We know that, that Lukaku, as you said, you know, it, it, you kind of want more from him. Um, we'll see, and we'll see. Chelsea have got more draws in re- in, in recent games. Liverpool coming off the back of a defeat. You might mm. think Chelsea have, with the home advantage as well, probably might do better than Liverpool just now. Um, but you never know with Mo Salah on that pitch, man, and Trent Alexander-Arnold as well, Robertson. Mm. The way they can whip those balls in, man. Ooh he's gonna be a good guy. I'm looking forward to it. Draw a draw might be a good shot. Um but yeah, talking about Lukaku, we've got one more story here. Um mm. from our favorite European publication, Eurosport. I'm not happy with the situation is uh quoted there. Mm. So Romelu Lukaku is a little bit frustrated about what's going on here at Chelsea. Um would you make of this one Ash?
1: Yeah, no, I just spoke on it. Like I was saying, like the, the whole idea of he's he wants to play, he's been dropped. So um yeah, like I literally like it's very clear where he stance is. Um he's been he's kind of been thrown underneath the bus because like I said, it was a story from three weeks ago that's only come out now. I think I think the timing's the timing's crazy considering um how well he's playing and he scored a couple of goals as well. So for him to be missing tonight. Is going to be huge, and it'll be interesting to see like how he does get brought back in, and or if he even does get brought back in, because like I said, the window's open. Could there be a, a multi-million pound move for
0: Lukaku again? We'll have to wait and see. Wow, those strange comments, man, about um, players' dream of playing for Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Bayern Munich. But, you know, one of those moves didn't happen for me, so... Mm. Uh, I, you know, I thought the only place I, I, would, I would go to is Chelsea. It just, that seemed a bit strange. That's going to probably get people's back up, isn't it? It's going to make them think, hey, well, you don't really want to play for Chelsea, you know, like only because it's still a third or fourth choice option, like what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so yeah, didn't do himself any favours with that one. Um, but that's pretty much the roundup of all of the big games this weekend. We've also got Man U versus Wolves to come as well, which would probably be a good game. Um, one or two bits of news left to chop up. We've got uh, Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo. Uh, this is a guy I love to hear any kind of stories from. He's one of my childhood idols. Um, I used to go to the the football field. I'm not a footballer, but you know, I used to mess around and try and do that little turn that he used to do. You know the one where, you, I forget what they call it, it's like a kind of hooks the ball and you just kind of hook it around the
1: player. Oh, from b- behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, hum, um, Elastico.
0: Um, I, I think the elasticals when they kind of go out and then in, but this was one where he just kind of like he's kind of put the ball on his foot and he just kind of like hooked it in like a like a C shape or or a D shape. If you've got the ball on your right foot, you kind of go in like a, a D shape, like a backwards C. And it just used to work every time. It's it, uh, such a sick skill. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can send you a video to explain it. Yeah, um, it's it over to me. But Brazilian, the skillful, prolific goal scoring legendary striker, ex legendary striker, is now a football owner. He's gone back and bought uh, the club where it all started for him, Cruzeiro. He's going to bought mm. Cruzeiro in Brazil. Um, I looked for so many stories, but it seemed like the, the best one was in the sun, uh, which is not a place I really like to get my football news from, but there you go. Um, and he's come in and he's thrown his weight around, man. He's sacked the manager. And he's got rid of one of the players. There was a big player he was playing in the um, in the Spanish league. Um, and and it's, it's a new regime, man. So I'm I'm looking out for Cruzeiro now. I think they're going to be my new favorite Brazilian team. I used to quite like Santos. Santos will always be my Brazilian team, but now that Ronaldo is in place, I'm going to keep an eye on Cruzeiro and hopefully they're going to rise to the top. They got relegated, didn't they? So they're in the second tier of Brazilian football. And he's coming and bought the club, and maybe you know they're going to get promoted and and he's going to make them one of the biggest teams in Brazil again. I've, I'm I'm just really excited about
1: it. Maybe this. I think it's, it's a great it's a big vibe. Story. Yeah, yeah, that's a big vibe. Big oh, vibe. Good, great, great. Like the leg, like, legend, like absolute
0: superstar man. Ronaldo was crazy. Literally Absolutely one of the crazy. best strikers you could have ever seen in your life. Yeah, facts. Ever who could
1: facts. be better? Who? I'm struggling to think of a better striker. Can't, can't you
0: say. can't argue it. Just struggling.
1: Who I think there's better. There's there's arguments for better players. You're like some like Messi, some say Zidane, Ronaldo, um, Cristiano. Not for me personally. Um, definitely, like, but if you talk about the best striker that we've ever seen. Then I can't I can't think past and Seriously, <laughs> he was fantastic. He was something yeah. else, man.
0: Something um. Else. Um, So our our last story that we can talk about is the African Cup of Nations, the last but not the least, the fantastic, incredible African feast of football. Mm. It's returning. We've been looking Mm. forward to it for a little while, but now that it's here, there's so much to talk about. I don't know if we've got the time to talk about everything. No,
1: we can do. I think the first thing to start off is I think it's really, really important that we acknowledge the the comments of um, Ian Wright. And I spoke a little bit about earlier on, but just the way how the African Nations Cup is just kind of even treated and interpreted Especially over here is crazy. I know um, there was a recent press conference with um, Patrick Vieira. Now, obviously, people can say Patrick Vieira is really interesting. Like, bought like born in Senegal, um, never actually um, represented Senegal, but but represented um, France. Obviously, you have the you have the right to do that. But um, he made some comments saying, "Why would I ever stop players from going there? Like, it's an it's a huge international tournament. It's a great honor. Um, it's as important as the Euros." Now. In 2021, when England had their great run into the Euros, well, had their great run um, in, in into into the Euros. All that happened was the nations kind of came came together, like everyone was willing England to do it. The songs came out. All you saw was people buying the shirts and all those kinds of things. Now, just like re- like remove that and juxtapose that somewhere else. Like, how does that play out in an Egypt? How does that play out in a Senegal? The exact same way. And I feel like what we need to do is we need to respect these tournaments, understand for some of the people that live in their in the country, this is their equivalent of what England was going through. So we can't talk down these tournaments just because it doesn't fit into our footballing calendar because it slightly inconveniences us from missing a couple of our, our favourite players for a couple of weeks. We need to make sure that, that, that the elite talent, the elite African talent, get to play their tournament and I think it's really, really important and even Wright was speaking about how it's spoken about it's always quite negative like just the the, the language that's being used is always kind of like really like divisive and discriminatory like this is, this is, this is, this this tournament is as important as the Copa, it's as important as the Euros and it should be respected like that.
0: Well said and big up to Ian Wright he's been very vocal recently. You know, he's really kind of, I think he's really relishing being uh, like a, a, a spokesperson for the black community mm. um, and being like a peacekeeper. And, and, and he's doing an absolutely great job at it. Like, if you're listening right, I love you, man. I just want you to keep doing what you're doing, man. We absolutely mm. love you over here at the Playoff Podcast. And he's 100% right. Um, You know, they've, they've kind of quoted him here in this uh, Eurosport article as saying, you've got players being asked if they will be honoring the call ups for their national teams. Imagine if that was an English player representing the three lions. Have you ever mm. heard anyone asking an English player if he will be honoring the call up? Mm. I mean, it's facts. People in the media questioning football players, will you be going to play for your country in the Africa? Oh, of course, you bloody will be, unless there's some administration error in uh, inverted commas. You can't see me wagging my fingers. Um, then why wouldn't they be going? To represent their country. It's a huge honor. And me as someone of African descent, I've grown up watching this tournament over the years. Mm. Uh, I can tell you that I've seen some brilliant moments of football and I'm expecting to see more of the same. And it is a shame that this tournament doesn't get as much publicity as others do. But then being in the UK, you could argue, okay, do the, you know, the tournaments that happen in South America, like the Copa Libertadores, um, Do do the ones in um, like Oceania, that part of the world, um, in Asia, the Asian games and things like this, do they get as much publicity as what we see in Europe? Not really. I think being in the European continent, we're more concerned with European football over here and you have to try a lot harder to see football from the other side of the world. Um, But having said that, you know, we've looked up the tv schedules and it does seem like we will be able to watch this year's african cup of nations over here in the uk if you've got uh, a sky sports subscription you can watch all of the matches Sky's got every single african nations cup match and bbc have got some provision for matches as well as showing some highlights which is absolutely great i remember in the last tournament, the BBC had uh, a lot going on online, where you could go online and you could read yeah. articles and you could catch highlights. And some of the matches were just like, if you didn't catch it live, you could just catch the replay. You could watch the whole match. There was no commentary or anything, but you know, it's it's kind of like just sitting in the stands and watching the match. I
1: and think a big thing that we yeah. don't speak about now is that 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 the 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 highlight. The three-minute highlight view that can give you like a rule that like overview of a game and what's happened so i think bbc have done that beforehand and i expect them to do that again i know like youtube highlights and stuff like that are really good so yeah they'll be doing that but again like we're saying these guys deserve full exposure like when you think about some of the quality of players who are going to be there as well like your manes, is your mares um Salah's going to be there. You spoke about Ndidio over on who I think has been a, an amazing player in the Premier League for the last few years. Like ben Rama's going as well. There's just so many good top quality football players that's going to be there, and I'm really, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing some of them um, play. And like all tournaments, like sometimes the, the the group stages can be a little bit slow, but you see when it hits the knockout stages, jeez. Yeah jeez is going to be really interesting and like we said like with stuff like with, with these kind of tournaments certain people can get kicked up very very quickly and who who knows like we was looking at the some of the groups as well you've got like nigeria and egypt in a group you've got sierra leone and algeria like morocco and ghana are in a group like yeah senegal and guinea are in a group Like yeah it's um it's gonna be it's gonna be super interesting. So
0: breaking news, Ash. Mm. Um, I've got an article published today. Talk to me from Al Jazeera, mm. and it says Senegal accused Watford of blocking Sars Afcon participation. It's the second strike for Watford. They th- th- so it was an admin error for Emmanuel mm, Dennis. Look at that. But now, what is the excuse here? So.
1: I know I know Saar's injured and he's not due back until February. That's one thing I definitely know. So I don't know whether he's ahead of schedule. And as a result, they said it's not right for him to go. If they blocked his his view, I understand that more than Dennis. Because he has been out for a long time, but it's still not right. Like, if there's that's anywhere he can kind of go. Yeah, he's been out for quite a long time. So if they blocked it, that's fair. And we're gonna we're gonna always be fair on a BRB podcast. Sorry, okay. play on podcast. We're not, a statement yeah, here
0: from mm. uh the uh the Senegalese Football Federation General Secretary. Jeez, what a title. <laughs> Victor says. and he says the English club Watford notified on the basis of spurious arguments its decision to block the player Ismail Assar who has expressed his desire to join the Senegalese selection for the Cup of Nations. Spurious arguments. He's, he's, he's basically saying,
1: now man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can't I know for sure he's been out for such a long time, so maybe the tournament's come too soon for him to be able to be there, but yeah. But then it looks it looks even more shady considering what Watford have done with the admin era. So that's like like you said, on two occasions. It's two strikes makes, now, isn't it? He, mm, it's looking... Good. It's looking sticky hundred percent. And especially if it is if I see Saar playing like next week, you're gonna be like, what? <laughs> so, um yeah, let's see, let's see how that one plays out. Let's see how that one plays out.
0: Um, well, drama aside, uh there is gonna be some fantastic football being played, one hundred percent. Um we had a look at the groups earlier. I have no idea what I've done with my link actually. I have this uh these this this little look at the Afcon. Oh
1: yeah, I just ran through them. So okay. I did, like I said, yeah. I like, was speaking about like Nigeria and Egypt being in the same group. Um, there's a few, there's a few, there's a few like nice matchups. And I think what why we're lucky is like by the time we next record, the tournament will be like in full flow, and we can actually start giving some updates about like what we've seen, how like what teams look good, and who we think our eventual winners will be as well. So.
0: Well, so, yeah. I do have a a few odds here for those who like to to have a cheeky little flutter cheeky little bit on the African Cup of Nations. The favourites here, we've got uh, Ivory Coast at 8-1. We've got Senegal at 7-1, Egypt at 7-1 and Algeria at 6-1. So Egypt, Mo Salah to win the the African Cup of Nations. Algeria, Mares to win the African Cup of Nations. Uh, Obviously, we've got Momo um, from Arsenal going off with Egypt as well. uh, Senegal, I'm not even sure who the biggest Senegal players are now. It would have been, obviously, Ishmael Assar from Watford, uh, but he's not there right now. And the Ivory Coast, like, those two nations used to have the biggest African players years ago. But I think they've kind of they've kind of fallen down the peck in order these days. It's not so much, uh, you know, that the Torre brothers and Drogba are Ivory Coast anymore. And it's not so much, you know... Um, who was that Senegal back in the day? They they had so many great players. Nothing actually comes to mind. Well, you got Mane obviously, mm. um, and uh, there's going to be players that play all around Europe and everything, isn't there? Sebastian Haller, he's playing at Ivory Coast.
1: Yeah, good player.
0: Because he, I think, I thought, he I it didn't quite, yeah, it didn't, didn't
1: quite work out for him, um, um, over here at West Ham. But like, he seems to be doing well at Ajax again. So, but, yeah, yeah, yeah he,
0: he's a good shout for top scorer. Eleven to one for Haller to. Uh, To win the Golden Boot, obviously, Mo Salah is the odds-on favourite there at ten to three. So we'll see, won't we? We shall see. Uh, I'm I'm quite excited. Um, Being a Ghana fan, I've got to support Ghana. Ghana's fifteen to eight to win the group, Group C there, uh, a group with Morocco, Gabon, and Comoros. Um, So yeah, hopefully Ghana's going to get the job done, man, and get through. You have you got a team you're supporting, Ash? Nah, just
1: tournaments. Like I just with, with international football, I love the fact that I can just watch the tournament with no allegiance. So it's a bit like why I didn't support England. Well, I've never really supported England in, in the Euros. Um, I just watch the football for for, for, for the football. Um, I don't really pledge my allegiance to any kind of international side. I just like to see good football and vibe. So yeah, I'll be I'll be tuning in and um yeah, Let's see how it plays out.
0: Fair enough, man. Well vibes The uh, most definitely will be. Vibes we've had here on our podcast. And I'm wishing good vibes to everyone listening. Uh please do get involved on the social media. You can catch us on the socials with the at beer at Banks Handle or at Podcast Play On Handles. Um that will be it from myself Cal. Any uh, last words there, Ash?
1: Yeah, just again all the best for two thousand and twenty two. Um love to you and yours and um, hope
0: it's the greatest year yet most definitely and we are out see you Peace.